0: Once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all to a brand new edition of I haven't held that one that long in a while. <laughs> the Quinn Spin. I'm your host, The Quinn. At least that's how I'm known here on the program. And I'm back here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, and more for another rousing and riveting installment of the official podcast of Underground Music Collective. We are back, baby. UMC is back. Very excited to be here. Of course, you just heard Revel Nine's 9's All I've Become at the top of the show. That's been our opening theme song here at The Quinn Spin since the great year of 2014, and it will be. Until the very end of days and I am joined by a good friend of the show an old friend of the show (laughs) a good friend of the show who actually hasn't been on as a guest since our OG run actually fun fact the first ever musical guest on the Quinn spin in our OG run we have Mr. Adam Lawrence from the mad sugars joining us Adam thanks for joining thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Uh, It's been ten years since you were on the show, so I figured we were due uh, for for an update. And you've got a lot of excitement happening. So, pleasure to have you here at helping our music evolve right here in the heart of East Nashville. And why don't we reintroduce you to the folks by uh, I'm not editing that by having you answer the three standard questions. Those three questions being: Who are you? What are your passions? And why on earth would you want to come on the Quinn Spin?
1: Uh, so, my name's Adam, Adam Lawrence. I'm the frontman of the Mad Sugars. Uh, it's pretty much my songwriting vehicle. Um, and ever There's been an ever-rotating cast of supporters, but I hope the current incarnation stays as is because I have a really great band. Um, I'm originally from New Jersey. Yeah, me too. So, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go way back. Seventh grade, yeah. to be um, I started writing songs. Well, you know, I wrote joke songs in high school with my <laughs> pop punk bands. <laughs> do we, do we, <laughs> we want to talk about those? Uh, maybe, maybe for another time. Okay. Maybe later. Maybe later. <laughs> but I started really seriously pursuing, uh, songwriting like on my own. Um, like after I finished college, I was actually 24 years old. So I guess I was a late bloomer in that regard. Um, but uh you know i put together the mad sugars after my previous band had kind of fallen into inactivity um and there's more to the story but i guess i got to answer these questions first right
0: yeah yeah so (laughs) what are your passions
1: my passions well i mean there's the obvious one music yeah um that's I feel like that's all my life is about sometimes so it's <laughs> it's that's
0: usually where people sitting in that chair start yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um but i uh a big thing that i've um learned and i actually think my songwriting um revolves around like on the surface level i call it nightlife misadventures mm-hmm. you know funny anecdotes you tell your friends about a night out you had something crazy that happened but um especially in recent years uh i think just kind of really learning who you are uh, like i think all those crazy stories play into helping you learn who you are so i'd say a passion of mine is that like really um like the self-discovery aspect the personal you know? development yeah journey yeah um because we all have one and you know um whatever your expectations were for your night out they you usually don't meet them right right but right, right. you <laughs> you learn you learn other lessons um in various ways so yeah i think uh that's something i i i think i, I like doing uh, is helping people kind of learn you know learn who they are
0: and learn that there's more than that and it's funny because like I have intimate knowledge of this process because especially the earlier material often referenced nights out that we both shared together out yeah. in Morristown, New Jersey at the grasshopper off the green in particular. <laughs> and yeah, like you look back at those times and you're like, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea who I was. You know, I wouldn't go back to be that person <laughs> yeah. ever, but you had to experience it in order to go from point A to B and B to C and so, yeah. On and
1: so forth. Yeah. And um, I'd say there's there's an advantage because I'm not, you know, a spring chicken anymore in the music scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing this a while. So um, I I think uh, my age now is is kind of an advantage in, you know, learning, uh, learning this stuff and teaching it to others or just expressing it to others.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Imagine that age being an advantage in the music industry. The game (laughs) is changing, people. (laughs) The the game is changing. So why on earth would you get all dressed up and want to come on the Quinn Spin?
1: It's a really good question. Right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been a while. Uh, I was like the first guest. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we have both ended up in the same place. Mm Mm-hmm um, after a decade. So I figured, uh, maybe, maybe it's time to check in. Absolutely. And that
0: episode, (laughs) that was a fun episode because we conducted that episode before we were even recording in the basement in mom's basement studios. We crammed like 11 of us into my brother's room. Yeah. <laughs> it was very tight. And like, you're talking like 11 people, plus you guys all had instruments. Yeah. <laughs> or some kind of percussion. And like, it was it was so hot in there. I remember it was like December, the heat was on, you know, and everybody was just crammed into this cramped little room for like two and a half hours. <laughs> and, and we pulled it off. But here in much more comfortable confines, I would say. Yeah. So and you you dress for the occasion, I feel underdressed now, you know, uh,
1: I mean, it's it's the look. You got to do it, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm always dressed like this. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You just have a whole closet you open like Doug Funny and every outfit is that suit. Yeah. You know, and those exact shoes and everything. (laughs) What to wear, what to wear. Well, thank you for being here, sir.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And so, like you mentioned, there's been a long and serendipitous journey in a lot of ways from, of course, those early days in New Jersey. Uh, with that pop-punk band that I guess we won't name on this episode. <laughs> That'll be a Quinspin Spin exclusive later on our OnlyFans. But uh, <laughs> just kidding. We don't have one yet. Uh, but, you know, from, of course, the new Bedfords, which was your project before this, falling into inactivity, the Mad Sugars came out of that time in New York City, and then that was around, like, 2012, 2013, right? Yeah. And then following the trail all the way from there to Nashville, the lineup changes, of course, that occur when you move halfway across the country – and even updates to your style, updates to your sound and what different players have brought in and out, you know, as time has gone on. Take us through that journey from the beginning of the Mad Sugars up to the present day.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm going to I'm going to borrow a quote. Someone quoted it to me, uh, attributing it to Loretta Loretta Lynn, if we want to keep it country here in Nashville. Yeehaw. Um she said, all you need to start are three chords and a broken heart. So that's pretty much what happened to me. Um, I, you know, I was had a thing with a girl and it fell apart. And I started writing songs uh, when it became clear that um, the band I was playing in, you know, activity was dropping off. The other members were, you know, having lives.
0: Mm-hmm. As <laughs> tends to
1: happen. Yeah. In your
0: mid 20s. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, um, I kinda, I ordered the cheapest left-handed acoustic guitar on guitar centers website. And I just like forced myself to start learning how to play. Cause, uh, you know, years before in elementary and middle school, I tried guitar, but I couldn't do it. Cause your hands are too small usually. So it gets frustrating doing the, the bar chords. But, um, anyway, I, yeah, I started writing songs. It's mostly kinda you know stuff about girls like usual just with a little bit more of a mature lens than than the pop punk days yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um I uh kind of push myself out of my comfort zone which is something you have to do as an artist I mean it's it's a life thing it's not just an artist thing but once I had enough to play a short set, I played uh, a solo acoustic act uh, opening for a friend in New York, and that was just getting over the jitters of of uh, being in front of a crowd, not behind a drum set, because I was a drummer originally. I still play, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's the singing drummer thing. It it usually doesn't work unless you're. Uh, I don't know, Phil Collins, Zach Hanson, uh, Zach Hanson or Don Henley, mm-hmm. but even they get out from behind the kit. So, right. So uh, once I had enough for a set list, I put together a band. Uh, it was basic four piece rock band, um, kind of a power pop, you know, Jimmy Eat World, Weezer, simple pop rock stuff. Um, and we started playing shows, uh, you know, play into the rooms full of two or three people. Mm -hmm. in uh north jersey and um uh we played a few dates in new york there was (laughs) Uh, that
0: one room in passaic that i ventured to and i don't remember what it was but i remember it was like just this dive bar (laughs) and you guys were in the back
1: um was that i don't know was that loop lounge yeah loop lounge yeah Yeah, that was the one yeah that was with uh that was with the new Bedfords. Oh, yeah. that was with the new Bedfords. Okay. Yeah.
0: Those years kind of all blur together for me. Like yeah, they 2010 do 10 and like 13. Yeah. <laughs> so, um,
1: you know, I recorded two songs which were put out officially save your breath scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can still listen to them on Spotify. Uh, it is not representative of our sound these days though.
0: Yeah. It's way different
1: now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I recorded two more that never got released, uh, but one got reworked and eventually released. Um, that's the song Crazy But Sweet. It's mm-hmm. the oldest song we still play from time to time.
0: Yep. And fun fact, the first ever song played on the Quinspin. Yep. On and, episode one.
1: And we had to bring it back for the 10-year uh, showcase yeah. in September. Yeah,
0: so. Cobra. Um, yeah, Crazy But Sweet started off your set, yeah. you know? the first band ever featured the first band ever interviewed plays the first song ever performed ever played yep. or performed on the Quinn's Spin. it was it was a very full circle moment
1: yeah yeah um so i'm thinking of the chronology here
0: so yeah i mean you had new york you had that era right you know where you know you're really finding your way you know from that early sound you know that writing about girls to shifting into the nightlife misadventures you know and you know from there change out some members you know change locations come all the way here to Nashville in 2017 you moved here the year before I did yeah and then for a while the project was kind of dormant as far as new material so what about moving to Nashville and what about you know the these surroundings inspired you to pick it back up and to start writing and performing again as the mad sugars and really putting this band together in the form that it is now
1: yeah uh part of it um part of it's just being you know in a place that's so focused on music mm-hmm. um there's just a a greater feeling of inspiration and you know part of the reason um my wife and i she's she wasn't my wife at the time but She was about to be. Hi, Anna. (laughs) Part of the reason why we left New York is because we were just so tired of the grind. Mm -hmm. Um, It just got difficult to really do much of anything besides work and, you know, drink.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty much the lifestyle for a while.
1: (laughs) So um, when I came here, uh, even though it took a while to like start meeting people, start making connections you know, I'm not, I'm not an outgoing person who pounds the pavement immediately. Um, But in those first few months, I just found myself writing again, um, after, you know, kind of a break. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started to uh, kind of put together the songs of uh, what is going to be this upcoming uh, full length album. Mm -hmm. Um, Some were actually written as far back as 2015 living in new york so
0: right and inspired uh, by that time and the nightlife misadventures of
1: that time yeah um so whereas some of the earliest stuff i put out was inspired by as we talked about before uh nights out in morristown Mm -hmm. (laughs) um the the album songs are more about time out in new york before i moved there so at this point it's kind of far in the past but you know it's uh it's it's a it's an important time,
0: mm-hmm. and you're able to see it now through through a fresh lens that maybe you know whereas the character presented this version of you in the songs was like living in that moment. Right. And was like in it thinking it was the biggest thing in the world. You know, what had happened from night to night, weekend to weekend. Now you're looking at it through this more mature objective lens. Right. And it's like, and you're kind of able to listen along to the lyrics and the stories and be like, Oh, this guy's doomed. This guy's (laughs) doomed. Like, you know, what's coming before it comes, but like you're excited to just like listen and make sure that you're right. You know, (laughs) like, It's it's really, you know, a clever way to present it because and accessible, too, because on one hand, you know, the people who are still in that party mode at that point in their life are going to be like, well, this is my anthem, man. And the people, you know, (laughs) who are more our age and up are going to be like crazy kids. You know, (laughs) so there's something to enjoy there, I think, no matter who you are, you know, and no matter what your life experiences brought you.
1: Yeah. Um, And something I like to do is... uh, I don't always just write songs that are just these standalone things. I like to kind of plan out a, um, a full story. Um, so like the first two EPs we put out were actually meant to be an, a full length album, but just because of being a poor 20 something, I split up the project, but the amateur hour and last call EPs are, uh, actually meant to be one story. And it was, um, it was a little different. It wasn't just one character's night. It was like a group of characters, kind of like little vignettes of each of what they go through. Mm-hmm. So when I started writing for this uh, this upcoming album, um, uh, that was how I first approached it. But then I realized it could all work just as one story. Mm-hmm. So right. it, it follows like a guy and a girl and like their night their night out. So, right.
0: And I think it's, you know, you mentioned like the continuity and the the long term storytelling, you know, Queen of the Club Part One, Queen Queen of the Club Part Two. And there's a part three now coming. Yes. (laughs) So there's there's that sense of lore you know, to these stories, you know, that follows you, you know, on your journey from, you know, Jersey to New York and then maybe in the future, you know, starting to get into this Nashville era a little bit. But there is there's so much depth to this, you know, but at the same time, the accessibility, you know, the anthemic properties of the the songs, you know, it's it's good, just danceable rock and roll, you know, that, again, like, no matter who you are, where you are, I think you're really going to enjoy it, get something out of it, what you get out of it, I think depends where you are in life. Yeah. So let's give some love to your band. You know, because like you mentioned, you have some tremendous players and singers as well. Of course, we, we got to give a shout out to the Sugar Cubes as well yep. as the uh, instrumental players in your band. But what are, what do are the different members add to the mix here? Because you've got, of course, uh, a trio, a duo or trio of backing vocalists, depending on the night uh, and availability. Because we're all busy, you know, in this town with a million yep. different gigs, and you've got some really, really, really talented high-level players in your band so let's give some love and you know talk about their contributions a little bit
1: okay well uh part of that kind of uh goes back to uh just how the project evolved um we didn't always have backup singers uh that's actually probably one of the biggest things picked up during the new york phase so before we get to the present members i want to give a shout out to some of the past members um Uh, my bass player Eli during the New York era Mm -hmm. uh, I played guitar at the time Uh, his sister Sarah came to every show and at some point she just asked if she could join us to sing backing vocals Mm -hmm. because at the time nobody did right Uh, even though there were some at least like simple backing parts so uh, we got her to come in and with her coming in then uh, my wife Anna wanted to join and sing uh so the two of them started doing backing parts and Sarah was just so great at coming up with interesting backing vocal parts. So it wasn't just like basic harmonies, uh, you know, she was adding in all sorts of stuff. So the backing vocal part became part of the sound. Um, so when it came time to reform the band here in Nashville, uh, there was kind of a pre-pandemic and now a post-pandemic lineup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, I want to give a shout-out to my current lineup. Um, I have uh, Gracie Calvinesso, Chelsea Jett, and Allison Rogers currently on backing vocals. Mm-hmm. They're all incredible. Um, I met them, well, I met Gracie because I was looking for a voice teacher and she taught like just down the street from me at the time she was in east nashville and then she introduced me to uh chelsea and ally so they are the backing vocalists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then and my... featured
0: as well we should mention featured as well on some songs that yes. are already released and to be released on the upcoming album
1: yes um gracie is a, a duet partner on our reboot version of press play mm-hmm. And Chelsea is a duet partner on the song "Sweatpants," which was the first song released for what will be this album. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we're gonna get we're gonna get Ally something soon. We'll see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Always more songs to write. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and each one of them does add something unique to the mix, you know. and yeah. it's. Like, we we say back, backing vocalists, but each one of them has a presence and has, like, a, a distinct part that they play, you know, in the overall experience of not only these songs, but the live performance as well. Yeah. And speaking of the live performance, you've got, again, some very high-level players, you know, with some serious chops, not only in terms of technical skill, but stage presence. So let's give some love to some of them.
1: Yeah. Um, so on lead guitar is Spencer Woodley. Mm-hmm. He is actually one of the uh longest running people i've played with here in nashville uh he and i uh joined luca de fabio's band in the first year of us uh, living in nashville so that's how we met Mm -hmm. um on rhythm guitar is alex smith um just solid guy all around he's an amazing singer also but we uh we have enough vocalists currently but maybe maybe if we really want to pursue like i don't know beach boys type harmony stuff we can work him in (laughs) and uh we got emmett rosell on drums um again just awesome drummer he plays downtown uh he also has his own project called grease diver um you know he does it all too. Writes songs plays the instruments all that stuff so Mm -hmm.
0: so in from one era to the next through all the lineup changes the sonic changes the things that you've learned the ways you've developed as an artist as a person as a a professional, you know, pursuing this. And one thing I wanna point out too is you have always been very meticulous, you know, and like detail oriented about ways to just get better incrementally. Like that's one thing I can say, knowing you since seventh grade is you have always been very about your business (laughs) and very, (laughs) very focused. Adam's one of the most focused individuals I've ever met in my life. And it shows in everything that he does, you know? And so, you know, getting to that getting to this point where you have all of this so dialed in you know you have the sound you have this lineup you like the mad sugars i feel like are better defined in what they are than perhaps they've ever been yeah if there's one lesson that you could share you know that somebody you know just starting out would benefit from what would that be
1: um i would say there's a big component of getting over fear Mm -hmm. um again i've said i'm not the most outgoing person and you know doing music any sort of the arts you have to put yourself out there um and like ask for what you want um so i think part of that is like you know in the current the current incarnation of the band i finally like i know what i want i know what i want from my members what from my writing like i know all that um but i think for a long time there was a fear of like you know upsetting people or uh you know someone who plays well with you might quit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just things like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, there, there are always those unknown variables yeah. that we all face on the creative journey and yeah, fear of upsetting people. You know, I think we all have to get over a sense of people pleasing somewhere along the line. I know that's true yeah. for me, you know, and realizing that, you know, you might have something really dialed in, but life takes us in different directions. You know, you've, you've navigated those lineup changes. And I think the important overarching lesson, you know, is that change is going to be a constant, no matter what you pursue. It's really, it's really the only constant, you know? And so how you adjust to that change ultimately determines how long you stay in the game and how well you do playing it. I feel like, it can derail us if our focus is on things always remaining the same and things always remaining, you know, just as we like them, but the change presents a challenge to us. Yeah. And so it's really a matter of how well we're willing and able to rise to that challenge.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and also I think staying steadfast in your creative vision through it all, Mm -hmm. I think is very important. Yeah,
0: knowing what that
1: is too. Yeah,
0: that's such an important thing is knowing who you are at your core, knowing the story that you want to tell, you know, knowing the things that you want to express and connect to your audience because that's going to help you understand your audience and it's also going to help them connect better with you. So, no matter what, you have that consistency. You know, you think of the artists who last over time i say this all the time on the show who endure through different stylistic changes endure through different decades and eras you know one of them just you know is in the middle of her era's tour right now (laughs) (laughs) like the thing that stays common is them and how they connect with their audience you know you can think of any example that's been around for 15 20 30 40 years at a high level continuing to grow continuing to do new things continuing to impact hundreds of thousands, millions through their music every tour. It's those who knew who they were and knew how to communicate that at that moment in time. Yeah. Right. It's, you know, trends, styles, all of that changes. <laughs> <laughs> all of All of that fades. And if you're chasing a trend or if you're trying to just do something that's being done or that somebody else has done before, that's going to run out of steam. You need to connect to those values and you need to remain, as you said, steadfast in those because that's ultimately what's going to carry you forward. And that's ultimately what your true fans are yeah. going to, they're going to take that ride with you because of that. And not because of what you sound like or look like or anything in any particular era. Yeah. You know, you think of Bowie who changed all the time, Yeah, you know, and known as one of the greatest creative minds this industry has ever seen. He didn't stay the same, you know, but also like he knew that through his platform, like, he could find different ways to express things, find different ways to express that truth and those core values and stay connected and people connected with that sense of artistic freedom that came back to David Bowie being David Bowie. Yeah. You know, so it's it's an important lesson, you know, to really understand that. And the sooner you can understand it, I think the better. <laughs> you know, because yeah. especially in this industry, and especially if you're coming to Nashville super young, say and you're just like chasing the dream, you know, trying to get discovered. There are gonna be a lot of people who try to tell you what it should be. Yeah. Who try to tell you, oh, it needs to be this, it needs to, the songs need to be this long, they need to sound like this, your image needs to be this. But if that's not in alignment, you know, you might have the flash in the pan, but eventually it's gonna catch up to you. And it's gonna leave you feeling unfulfilled.
1: Yeah, and I think that's uh, a contributing factor to why I am, you know, now, at the age I am like finally pursuing this is that I'm trying to like, I've shut out all the noise of like what XYZ should be and just how I want it to be is, is really, is what matters ultimately.
0: Cause there's an audience for it. Yeah. And now you get to focus on finding that audience for your thing and not trying to fit in with another audience. You know, you are being true to yourself and look, not everyone's going to pick up what you're putting down. Yeah. But as the saying goes, if it's for everybody, it's for nobody. Yeah. And there's so much focus on doing things just for numbers, just for cloud, just for to get big, right? But those numbers go away. Those numbers might not even mean anything, depending on how you acquired them on social media or streaming or
1: whatever. Yeah.
0: It really comes down to how are you connecting and how are you building community with those people over time to where they're going to walk with you on this journey, no matter what turn it takes. Yeah. That's the important part. Let's talk about the album. So a few singles out already Yep. from this forthcoming record. And so I'll let you tell us about the plans for it, as well as the title, what we can expect, when we can expect it. Okay.
1: Well, uh, the album is going to be called Personal Space. Mm -hmm. Um, It is going to be a 12-song concept album. It's a story, uh, again, about a weekend out heading into new york kind of after experiencing a quarter life crisis um and just you know songs based off of my experiences during that time when i didn't live in the city yet but i was spending a lot of time there um and currently you can hear four of the songs from the album they're up on all streaming platforms uh in release order there's sweatpants the duet with chelsea jet there is uh, New York Girls, there is We Want the Night, and Hello New Jersey, which came out in May. Mm-hmm. And that one
0: has a little bit of like that pop punk edge that really yeah. comes into play here. You know, harkening back to those days that we don't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're gonna see like a lot of versatility. You know, just in those four songs alone, like you have the pop punk pop punk edge of that of Hello New Jersey and a little bit on New York girls, I would say New York girls is definitely more of a driving alternative song, but there's a little bit of that pop punk element. Yeah. You know, you have of course, like soul, you know, that funk rock kind of the dance rock sensibility, sneaking in on Sweatpants, on we want the night, you know? So there's a lot going on here musically and more to come eight more songs still to be released. Other special features as well on vocals. And I do want to say the artwork for this is fantastic.
1: Hmm. Brilliant. I wonder, I wonder who did them. Um, I don't know. Did the I mean, artwork. I hope I remember to do
0: this. Let's, let's pull it up, uh, you know, on the, on the feed here. Look <laughs> at that artwork. That is fantastic. I hope I remember to edit that in. <laughs> wow. Wow. What a, what a, what a, what a genius graphic designer you have for, for this project, I must say. Yeah. I must say.
1: So what about plans to release?
0: Are there any yet?
1: So, um, the plan is, uh, release in March sometime around the 21st or 22nd Mm -hmm. and uh followed by a release show in april um as of this as of this interview i don't have a confirmation but hopefully a venue in east nashville will be hosting i I don't know should i like (laughs) can i say where (laughs) yeah you can say where as long as
0: you know where and they know where I, uh, i don't see any harm
1: i don't have the confirmation yet but um the five spot in april so you know, follow for more once I get that confirmed.
0: All right. Well, stay tuned. And where can they stay tuned and learn more about you?
1: Um, we are on all dig- uh, all social media platforms as at the mad sugars, all one word. Um, most active on Instagram and TikTok, but TikTok is kind of a different vibe than Instagram. If you just want news, go to Instagram.
0: There we go. There we go. So beyond the album, beyond the release show, pending for April. What's on the horizon? What does the future hold? What are your plans, goals, hopes, dreams for the Mad Sugars?
1: Well, um, we're going to, I forgot to mention, we're going to shoot a video uh, for one of the other songs on the album. Mm -hmm. So uh, the plan is to release that alongside the album release. But looking beyond the album, um, I would like to uh, spend the spring and summer doing some... uh, regional tours you know long weekends out in uh, surrounding cities um and really get back to writing i want to make the next project more collaborative with my bandmates and the theme is songs about summer
0: there we go i love it i love some good summer songs yeah i'm ready so well, thank you so much for coming on, Adam. Adam Lawrence of the Mad Sugars joining us. The first ever musical guest on the quinspin Spin joining us 10 years later in a completely <laughs> different environment that's a lot less cramped.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: Appreciate having you here. Hope you enjoyed this episode. There's a little Easter egg for you <laughs> from the Moravian days. Did we even mention that, that you're one of the few people who understands the prehistoric
1: days of this show? No, we didn't.
0: I don't. Uh, well, if we're leaving, if we're leaving the pop punk band from high school out, I don't know if I want to go there. <laughs> I don't know if you're. If we're gonna leave that out, I think I should leave that this out. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you would listen every week back in the Moravian University days on WRMC, the voice of Moravian College. Yep. Oh, uh, the Quinspin and its predecessor, Dominic and the Quinn, and all of its zany moments that will never see the light of day. <laughs> Not trying to get canceled. Again. Anyway, this has been the Quinn Spin Two Ends and Quinn Two Ends and Spin. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, and more. Also on Instagram at Quin Spin Official. Again, Two Ends and Quinn, Two Ends and Spin, and Facebook's been popping off too ever since I discovered that whole followers tag thing that you can do. So (laughs) that that actually really helps. Like tagging all your followers, like people come to the page and then you know, and then some you know we're following the page start posting weird things in the comments. It's great. Anyway. Underground Music Collective, our central hub for all things independent music, creativity, community, and more. Find us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, even though we're... No, actually, as of airing, this is a few weeks from now, we'll have been able to change it back over from ECM Collective. We're on X, although I'm not really active there, so I don't know if we're on X. Uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, follow the UMC20 playlist on Spotify, because that's back by now. And go to U, letter U, musiccollective.com for our central hub for all of those things. Revel 9's all i become. Gonna take us out like it brought us in. The end instead of the beginning. Grab some muffins on your way out.